Hi guys, welcome back to Model Behavior. I hope everyone is having a fantastic day. Um, I recently reached the one year mark in eating disorder recovery, which is very big news. I'm very proud of myself, it's very exciting. And I figured I should talk about the things I learned in my first year of recovery. Because honestly, I think this past year has been the biggest year of personal growth that I've ever had in my life. And not just in recovery, I feel like the process of healing my eating disorder really brought a lot of other issues to light. And I've dealt with a lot of other things that needed to be addressed as well. Because the very first thing I learned in recovery <laughs> was that eating disorders are not just about food. Believe it or not, they don't come out of nowhere. They don't develop for no reason. <laughs> Which, for some reason, I really just thought that my eating disorder was just about food. <laughs> but I quickly learned that that is not the case. They are always about control and the need to have control over something. And for me, I have had people in my past take control of my body away from me. And I was in situations where somebody else controlled what I did and how I felt and just made me feel completely powerless. And that ended up manifesting in an eating disorder because then I had control of my body. I could deprive myself. I could be the only person hurting me and I could control when and what I ate. And so I took that and ran with it. So really the first step of my recovery was processing trauma that I had no idea even had anything to do with my eating disorder, which has been fucking hard, like holy shit. <laughs> but I realized that my eating disorder was a symptom. It was a symptom of something else. So I had to get to the root. I had to figure out what I was avoiding by letting myself be consumed by the eating disorder. Because at the end of the day, it's a distraction. It's a coping skill. You're subconsciously trying not to think about or deal with something else. So you have to dig really deep and figure out what you're avoiding and why you feel like you need to have so much control. And it sucks to deal with that stuff. But processing trauma and processing things that have happened that resulted in you turning to something so destructive to distract yourself with is so important. It sucks to deal with that stuff. And honestly, when I started therapy, I thought I only had an eating disorder because my old modeling agents had told me to lose weight and like that I had to do it really quickly. And they actually taught me how to track calories and like made sure I only ate 1200 calories a day at the very most. And I just believed that it was their fault like all throughout my eating disorder. And I just blamed that as the only reason I ever developed an eating disorder because they had basically introduced me to eating disorder behaviors and encouraged me to do that. But once I realized that I really needed help and I needed to recover, I started therapy. And that's when I realized that like, yes, they introduced me to eating disorder behaviors and they encouraged it, but I became so attached to it because I realized that I could use it as a coping mechanism to avoid other things. So not only did I think I had to have an eating disorder to be successful in my career, but I found safety in it because it was so consuming that I did not even have to think about anything else or deal with any trauma or stress because I was just taking all of that out. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Put on my body. And then the next thing I learned in recovery was that there is strength in vulnerability and honesty and isolation is not helpful. Eating disorders thrive in isolation. The more time you have to sit in your thoughts and tear every inch of your body apart, the worse it's going to get and the louder that ED voice will be. And I didn't tell anybody about my eating disorder for a really long time. I hid it from everyone around me and never talked about it or admitted it to literally anyone. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. And I didn't want anybody to worry about me. And I really, really did not want anybody to tell me to like get help or try to force me into recovery. I was also so embarrassed because I had this following on social media of young girls. And at the time, I was posting what I eat in a day, which were all lies, by the way. I was never actually eating that much. But I knew what I was doing was not healthy and not a good example to other girls. So I knew I had to lie and pretend to be a good influence and pretend that I was eating a normal amount. And I was so ashamed of that. And I would have been distraught if another girl had seen what I was actually eating and then tried to copy it because that shit was so unhealthy and I would never want someone else to eat like that because they saw me doing it. So the fact that I was doing it to myself was shameful to me, but let me tell you, it is not shameful. Eating disorders are mental disorders. Just like depression or PTSD or OCD or anxiety, eating disorders are mental disorders and they're addictions. And when you are too ashamed to talk about it or confide in someone about it, you just turn more inward and more into yourself and your disorder when you isolate yourself. You can take ownership of the disorder and empower yourself by not hiding it anymore. You can take back control from the disorder. The more support and love you have around you, the easier your recovery will be and the easier it will be to even choose recovery in the first place. Like when I told my boyfriend and my mom, they actually did not force me into recovery like I thought they would. My disorder had made me so paranoid and made me believe that if I ever told anybody, I would immediately have like 10,000 calories shoved down my throat every day, which kind of brings me to my next point. Recovery is baby steps. At least mine was. I didn't do the all-in approach where you just like jump right into eating way more than you're used to. In fact, when I first started therapy, my therapist didn't even talk to me about what I was eating. She had no idea. We just started dealing with the root cause of the eating disorder and figuring out what it was a symptom of. And gradually I took baby steps and I started eating a little bit more and eating some fear foods and branching out and not eating the same safe foods every day. And I started slowly just like becoming more comfortable with it and getting used to eating three meals a day. And eventually I got myself to the point where I was eating an appropriate amount and I got my period back. I started having energy again. Um, I got my emotions back and all those amazing things that come with recovery. 
but it did not happen overnight. I still had disordered thoughts all the time. I still do now. I still had disordered habits and I still restricted at first. But the important thing was that I was in recovery. I was choosing recovery. I was going to therapy. I was committed to getting better, even if it was day by day and a little bit at a time. As long as my goal was to get better, I was doing fine. And I honestly don't think I could have done the all-in approach. So mad props to the girlies that do that (laughs) because y'all are like actually some badasses. I just think it would have been like too much too soon and really overwhelmed me and stressed me out to the point where I just like fell back into my eating disorder as a way to cope and get control back. I just like, I don't think I had the mental strength to do that at that point. And I definitely think I would have relapsed like 10 times over. (laughs) So I think the slow and steady method helped me get more and more comfortable and unlearn those habits and thoughts gradually. And it got me to a point where my foundation was really solid because I did it just like brick by brick, basically. Another thing I learned is that it's okay to miss your eating disorder and miss your disordered body and grieve your disorder because you're losing something that consumed your entire life. It's like a breakup. It's like worse than a breakup because it was with you every single second of every single day so you're losing that security blanket and it's scary as fuck and you don't want to let go of that feeling of control and that false sense of security so i think it's totally fine to be sad and i think it's fine to miss your disorder and i honestly think it's good to grieve it because that means you know that you have to move on and you have to leave it behind Honestly, I think it's exactly like a breakup. You break up with your ex and you miss them so much sometimes, but you know you're not going to go get back together with them. You know they're not, like you're not good for each other and they just aren't meant to be in your life because it's an unhealthy relationship. Eating disorders are literally just like the most toxic ex to ever exist. The ex that was controlling as fuck made you absolutely miserable, isolated you, tortured you, and would literally kill you if you stayed with them long enough. Damn, that's actually such a good way to think about that. I'm gonna give myself props for that one. That was a fire analogy. (laughs) But anyway, when I was in early recovery, I thought that missing my disorder meant that I wasn't recovering and I was just so sick in the head. But you're not sick in the head, like that's normal. You're recovering from a very intense and very real disorder. And you're doing a great fucking job no matter what your brain or your disorder is telling you. Okay, the next thing I realized like a few months into recovery is that it's not that fucking serious. (laughs) And I don't mean your disorder or your recovery isn't serious. That's super fucking serious. I'm talking about like all the things I told myself were literally such a huge deal. Like missing a workout, not a big deal missing a week or two of workouts not a big deal eating until i'm really really full because i was enjoying my food not a big deal not leaving my apartment and just having like a really relaxing day without getting a bunch of steps in not a fucking big deal my boyfriend actually played a huge part in that realization because he used to get so annoyed at how antsy i always was and like how i always needed to be doing something and couldn't just have a lazy day Like, he would just want to chill on a Sunday and watch movies and hang around the apartment and order food. And I would absolutely never do that. I was never able to relax because I was just thinking about, like, needing to get my 10,000 steps in or eating less that day because I was moving less and, like, calculating how I was going to stay in a deficit or 
asking him to go on walks with me or go to the park or I would literally leave him in the apartment alone on a cozy Sunday so I could go to the gym and every time he was like dude can you just sit on the fucking couch and relax with me and like he would just tell me that like I deserve it and it's okay to have a chill day and eventually I was just like damn you are right I need to relax it is not that fucking serious or another example of like putting on a pair of jeans that suddenly don't go over my thighs anymore <laughs> or shorts from last summer that just like don't go over my ass it's not that fucking serious just buy new ones get rid of the old ones or like eating a brownie that i told myself i wouldn't eat but then like i just couldn't stop thinking about it all day so i ate it not a big fucking deal I'm allowed to enjoy foods and have little treats because they're yummy and I love myself and I just deserve treats. So not restricting or depriving yourself of a brownie is not that fucking serious. <laughs> but I used to tell myself that I was like so undisciplined or so weak for giving in to my cravings. Like just over enjoying a fucking brownie. Like girl, eat that brownie. It's good. Like just eat it. Another example is like not eating in a deficit and going to bed full instead of going to bed hungry. That's fucking normal. That is how you're supposed to function. It is not a big deal. And I thought it was a huge deal. I thought it was the end of the fucking world. And basically all the things I was freaking out about during my eating disorder are actually just not that serious. Like it's really not. None of those things are that deep. And it's certainly not the end of the world. And I think the more you practice these things in recovery, like the easier it gets and the less scary they become. And you just realize like, oh, like all these things that I used to get so stressed out about are actually really not that serious. And it's nothing to be afraid of or freak out about or obsess over. Okay, I wanna talk about modeling because obviously the modeling industry can be very toxic. The reason I even started counting calories is because of the awful things my old agents used to tell me about my body, and they told me that I had to lose weight if I ever wanted to be successful in the industry, and they actually introduced me to the trainer who taught me what a calorie was and put me on an insanely restrictive and just insane caloric deficit diet. By the way, I was already fucking underweight before any of this even happened, <laughs> so those people can rot. But <laughs> if you really look at it in like the most simplified and straightforward way, my income depends on if people like what I look like. And that in itself can be really fucking hard to cope with. It feels like your body and your face and your hair and your skin and everything about your appearance is always under a microscope. And it can be really difficult to separate yourself from that and realize that if someone doesn't book you, it's not personal and it does not determine your worth whatsoever. It does not say anything about you as a person. It does not mean you are not drop-dead gorgeous. It literally just means you're not the exact look that client is looking for. And you usually have no idea why they didn't pick you. And a lot of times it's over something that you can't even control. Like your height, your shoe size, your skin color, your hair color. Like you have no idea. And you have to learn to not take it personally, which is obviously much easier said than done. But basically... I get asked all the time, how the fuck are you supposed to recover while you're modeling? Honestly, it's difficult. It is so hard to unlearn these things that were drilled into me since I was 15 years old. I have been told time and time again that I need to be as skinny as I can possibly get 
in order to be successful in this industry. And it's so unfortunate that that was my experience and that it's so many other young women's experience because it's just not fucking true. And I know people have been saying that the industry is changing and it's more inclusive now and all that, but honestly, in my opinion, that was not actually true for a long time. Like they said it was inclusive, but it was either your plus size, like a size 14 or bigger, or your size zero. And there was just no in-between representation. There was no curved division. There was no just like average size body representation. It was either plus size or skin and bones high fashion. I will say now that in the last couple of years, it finally is true that the industry has changed and there's finally representation for all bodies. In my opinion, we're way too fucking late to the game with that. <laughs> but all that matters is that we're here now. And even now, like girls are getting dropped for being too thin. Like girls are not allowed to work when they're too thin sometimes. And that was absolutely unheard of like 10 or even five years ago. You were literally praised for having an eating disorder and praised for being skeletal. No matter what kind of damage it was doing to your health, nobody gave a shit. And that shit is not acceptable anymore. And people are finally getting called out for encouraging and promoting that kind of thing. And I am most certainly going to be one of those people <laughs> to call those people out because that shit is ridiculous. And in the last year, I have left my old toxic agents and switched to an agency that puts my health first. And I have gained weight. I have gone up more than one size in clothes and I am not even close to the so-called standard measurements anymore. And guess what? I am working 10 times more now than I ever did when I was the skinniest version of myself. So if that isn't some type of reassurance that you can recover and still model, I don't know what is. Because when I was sick, I looked sick. My eyes were lifeless. I was clearly nutrient deprived. You could see all my bones. And sure, I was like the right measurements, but I looked like shit and I wasn't healthy and I was miserable and I was literally destroying myself. And now that I'm healthy and recovering and weight restored and past weight restored, honestly, and at my healthiest size for my body, I am making so much more money and booking so many more jobs. And whenever I'm having a bad body image day or thinking that I should lose weight to like look like these other models who are a size zero or size two and like walking down these high fashion runways, I remember how miserable I was and I remember that I wasn't even booking anything. I wasn't even working. Being as small as possible was not even working. It was not even doing what I thought it would do or what I was told it would do. And at the end of the day, you just have to care about your health and happiness more than modeling and more than any job. Your health is the most important thing in your life because it is your fucking life. You just keep focusing on recovery and the right clients will find you and they will love you and they will think you look amazing and want you to represent their brand. And honestly, I'm just going to say it, fuck the clients who still want the unhealthy skin and bones aesthetic. And I no longer want anything to do with that side of the industry that's still stuck in like the early 2000s with their heroin chic aesthetics. I don't want to be involved with promoting that beauty standard. No thank you. And I'll admit, recovering while working a job that is based on the appearance of my body is difficult. 
And it takes a lot of work to be able to separate my value as a person from my appearance and not want to lose weight or work out to death to try and impress everyone who looks at me every day. But at the end of the day, my recovery comes before my job. If I lose jobs because I'm healthy, I do not care. I do not want to work with anyone who doesn't want to work with me because I'm not the quote right size. You really just have to learn to prioritize yourself over your job, over modeling. And like I said, more clients are choosing me now than they ever did when I was sick. So I know I'm making the right choice. I know I'm choosing my health and happiness and people are seeing that and loving it and appreciating that. Overall, recovery is hard work and I have to wake up every single day and choose to keep going and make an effort not to fall back into old habits. But the longer I've been working at this, the easier it has gotten and I feel so much better and I am so, so, so glad that I chose recovery a year ago. I have been so much happier than when I was sick. Do I still have a lot of work to do? Do I still have to choose recovery every day? Do I still have bad days where I miss my eating disorder and I miss my old body? Yes, of course. But the most important thing is that I don't act on those thoughts. I'm learning how to just observe them and then heal those parts of myself. And I honestly never thought I would get to this point. And if you told me a year and a half ago that I would not be anorexic anymore and I'd be eating three or usually more than three meals every day, I'd laugh in your face or like have a panic attack (laughs) because I would have been so scared that I'd have to like let go of my eating disorder. But I did it. And you can do it too. You can choose happiness and choose health. It's a long and difficult road but it is so much easier than the torture of an eating disorder. Pretty much the biggest thing I've learned in this past year is patience. But I think that's all I have for this episode. <laughs> oh, geez, I know that was a lot. Um, I'm exhausted just from talking about all of this. <laughs> like I need to go take a nap or something. But if you have any questions, I know I like covered a lot, but if you have any questions, or comments about this episode, feel free to DM me and maybe I can do like a follow-up Q&A episode. But I think I'm going to wrap this up here. I love you all so much and I'm proud of you guys who are in recovery and I will see you next time.